Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good evening. And welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Uh, this podcast is uh, brought to you by uh, our, our normal set of sponsors. And Brian Manning is with me tonight. And we're going to talk about the Furman game coming up. This one's going to be a long segment because Furman's not a long problem. But, uh, Brian, how you doing this evening? I'm good, John. How- now I'm prepping up to try to get ready for the game next weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the schedule to actually begin again. Yeah, I mean these 12 o'clock games are real fun, real fun because you you get out early, but in the summertime they're brutal because they're hot. And they really are. Lane Stadium and the way it's oriented, it, I mean, you're up in the press box, but down on the field it is it can be really, really brutal and you get a kind of a feeling for those poor guys in their football uniforms and everything. It's a roaster down there. I think we all want the competitive portion of the football schedule to begin like the, I mean, I know it's not a daunting schedule this year, but I think we all want to see the, the ACC schedule begin. Yeah. Again, uh, BC was the well, first game, but. Well, the daunting schedule thing, let's just talk about that real quick. FCS game. We always have an FCS game every year. That's that's seems to be something that many schools do, and it's not necessarily a a schedule patter and a cupcake. Usually, it's an early game that that is something that you don't have to sweat, that you should be able to win, but you need to have that one extra kind of quick. You don't have a preseason in college, so there's no sort of warm-up. There's no sort of testing field. And face it, FCS teams don't get a whole lot of revenue. So this is their chance. Some, some of them, that's how they make their book. I mean, they might make more money to, uh, on Saturday. Furman might make more money on Saturday than they make all year. Well, a little bit about Furman. They're, they represent the Southern Conference, which uh, if anybody knows anything about the history of Virginia Tech, we would tell you that uh, the Hokies were actually a member of the Southern Conference from 1921 to 1965, back when football was a little bit different then. Then they became an independent before joining the Metro Conference, which obviously wasn't football, and then the Big East, and then the ACC. So the Hokies, none of these guys or, or us really remember being in the Southern Conference, but there is a history there. Yeah, and it, and that that was that was a period of time in Hokie history when when 
we were mostly an F FCS team, what we call FCS, but back then it would be one double A. We were mostly a one double A team, not a one A team. And uh, it, it took a while for tech to really decide to step fully into one A status. And that was kind of interesting all the way up until the actually close to the 1990s. There were a lot of the teams that sort of hovered between that that barrier, that boundary. Yeah, some of, the schools, some of the current schools in the Southern, of course, you know, realignments changed things over the years, but some of the current schools in the Southern Conference are Mercer, Chattanooga, East Tennessee State, which is not too far down the road from us, Furman, of course, and then you have VMI, we, we're all familiar with VMI, and then Wofford, which we all know this year because of their new head basketball coach, Mike Young, had a successful stint at Wofford as the head coach, and there's Samford, the Citadel, and Western Carolina. That's your uh, Southern Conference. Right. And uh, my cousin went to the Citadel. So he, he every once in a while, he reminds me of the fact that we, we still play Southern Conference teams. And one day the Citadel's going to play and they're going to come and upset us. You know, how, you, know, you know how that goes. A funny story about Furman. I would not be on this earth if it wasn't for Furman. So I got to kind of love Furman. This is a fondness heart. It's our, my father was a uh, a sophomore at West Point, and he signed up for the dates dating service just to get somebody to go to the game with the local ladies' college, which is right outside West Point, called Lady Cliff. The nuns ran a little dating service where they had a little list to get a date with a cadet. My mom was dared by a friend to sign up the Furman West Point game of 1955, but um, they they were married two days after he graduated from West Point. So that that was uh, that that was my funny little story about Furman and having a fondness in my heart for Furman, well, and can... for no other reason than that I wouldn't be here other than that. That's a cool story. Yeah, but the cool the cooler story is going to be everybody needs to cool down a little bit. This is not a trap game. We're not going to, we're probably, look, if we lost this football game, it's because we had a major, major problem or major meltdown somewhere where that's just not happening. Uh, the, the, the upshot is we're probably going to see a lot of garbage time in this game, which is good. Yeah. 52% of this team is a freshman. What we want to see this weekend, it's not about whether the Hokies will win or lose. What we want to see this weekend, let's establish a running game. Let's, because that's something that we've all harped about is the running game, the running back rotation, all of the play calling, all that. Let's just see a game where we go out and dominate somebody. Everybody leaves the game three a little after 3 o'clock. Everybody's happy, does whatever they do on a Saturday night, enjoys it, enjoy the win, take a break from – criticizing whoever this week and just let's have a good time let's win the game let's not yeah, be we're gonna go into a little bye week. get on the field and have some playing time yeah but we're gonna go into a little bye week after the after the after the game not not a full bye week but nearly a full bye week because we don't play again until september 27th on friday night when duke comes visiting and that's not gonna be a trap that's not gonna be a trap game that's gonna be a tough game because David Cutcliffe comes with his team prepared to play football. Well, looking ahead just for just a second before we get back to Furman, when you're the Hokies right now, 
the state that things are in right now, there are no trap games. They're not good enough really to be trap games right now. And and no, everybody's everybody's got to be up for everything. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, let let's just cut it from here. We'll get we got to go pay the bills. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what we hope, a little bit more about what we hope for the game, and get get stabilized and set up for the the next step, which will be our predictions. Okay, we're back. Uh, hey, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, we decided. I'm 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 thinking about it. And how about we just go ahead and do our predictions? Give our editor a little break and. And we'll just put this together and put this to bed because it's fervent. And we know that we're just not, we're going to be talking to each other for no apparent reason if we do another complete show for that. That sounds perfect for me. Catherine deserves a break. Yeah, she does. She's a master student, and you know how that goes. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I do have a, a request, though. Let's talk about what we want to see uh, besides the running game. I know you brought up the running game and some consistency in the running game. I know a couple of things out there that are happening that people want to see, and I know you've said it too, the certain number 35. Uh, I realized in looking at the chart, looking at what's going on with the number 35, uh, who's Keyshawn King, by the way, um, the number 35 is less than 200 pounds, okay? Uh, if I'm a head coach, I'm not running him. I, I, I maybe every once in a while get him in the game. I want him. I want him in the weight room for a year. Well, he the, needs to gain a good 20, 20 pounds of muscle. Well, I, I get that, but he's still a freshman. He's still only had so many carries. He's he needs the action this weekend. He doesn't need to carry the ball 20, 25 times, but he does need to get in there and get 10, 12 carries. Now, now really for a sub 200 game. pounder, this might be a really good game to get him some time. Yep. Some snaps. So that's one of the things that coaches consider. But like I said, I'm, I'm uh, if I'm playing head coach and you know me, I've been putting these things out and, you know, strategy and tactics and everything else. And I'm looking at a couple of years down the road, I, I'm thinking, you know, this kid is not 200 pounds yet. He's still a, a, basically a, a senior in high school. Uh, let and he's going against the big boys. Let's let's not kill him. Let's let's have him here for another four years, or another, you know, or you know, for this four games this season, and then another four years after that. So yeah, that but, that's just my opinion. What my think my take on it is: you play your best players. He's the best running back they have right now, and I, I don't think it's particularly close either. And so I think he needs to play. And and well, this, for this weekend, let's get some action. Let's get 10, 12 carries. Let's give each of the guys 10, 12 carries. This is the kind of game where you don't have to worry too much about a flow. Like most running backs, you want to get them into a flow, not do a lot of rotating. In this game, it doesn't really matter. You just want to get them all some action. Yeah, I guess. That's one thing I, I want to see. What I want to see is some, because they're going to be able to drive the ball, I want to see some rhythm. I, I, I want to see uh, play calling rhythm from the booth. I, I want to, when Ryan Willis got, that last weekend, when Ryan Willis got the opportunity to get into a decent rhythm, when he could get a snap and get the ball out, get a snap, get the ball out, you know, when he was tracking stuff, when, when he did that and they weren't disrupting it with idiot runs into the middle of a pile, 
and they let Willis get at or and even with runs, but but they were counters and they were slants and they were out some moving out the ball outside. McLeese was actually doing that pretty well. I went through the pictures last night and the night before last. And McLeese was actually doing pretty well on the inside, you know, off the edges. He was not doing well on the inside. And for whatever reason, there was this imp impulse to just keep pounding ahead into the concrete block. And I think somebody needs to take it under advisement that that doesn't work. And it's not like the blocking isn't there. It's the they don't have that kind of blocking. The blocking scheme in this offense is passive. It's pass blocking. It's zone blocking, it, which is a form of pass blocking. It's not drive blocking to, to really so to, to really push guys out of the way into a hole. What they're looking for is a crease to form off of the edge of three or four defenders and between a couple of defenders to form and have the running back keep their head up and run head up. And my problem is none of the running backs running inside are running with their heads up. They're all running boom, right into a pile. And, it, and I'm standing on the field. I'm like, you had plenty of time to see that big pile forming and you didn't cut to the outside behind the zone blocks. So that's a, your problem that, I mean, that you bring up, which is that's a, that's a rhythm thing for the running game. That the guys are getting that see that that get used to seeing that that are used to making those kinds of cuts that putting that foot down and going the opposite direction. So I, I, those are the kinds of things that I want to see on offense. I want to see, I want to see some better choices made by the running backs. I think what I want to see before we wrap up the talk about the running game is I want to see the I want to see him run the ball well, whatever do that. But I I, I want to see the defensive rotation. I want to see some things on the defensive line. I want to see the different players. I think that's the weak link to this team is the defensive line, the secondary, and the inexperience. And I think that's where they need to get some youth in the game. I'd like to see. I'd like to see uh, Dylan Rivers. I'd like to see Tisdale. I'd like to see um, Artist Keyshawn Artist. I'd like to see a couple of guys that don't normally get time out on the defense. Yeah, especially in the midfield. That I want. I, they the other guys need to start. Start getting some some Dylan, time on the. We talk about Dylan sweat. Rivers. We talk about Dylan Rivers. He's had two years and he's yeah on some guys. He, so I, I don't know that his career is on the upward trajectory. Not to not to knock him. I was excited about him getting here. I I, I do want to see Keyshawn Artis and Alan Tisdale. I think those are the two guys we're most excited about because Tisdale's kind of pushed uh, Dax Hollifield for some snaps at the backer spot. Yeah, and and I'd like to see Dax get moved over to uh, Mike for a little while and let Dax play Mike, which they're yeah, trying I to get through. Time. I totally agree with you. I think Dax is made for the Mike position, but it's not really Ray Shard Ashby's playing too well for that to happen. But yeah, I yeah. think Dax is tailor made for that spot. Give me a give me a, 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 a you know a, a ballpark figure I see out of this team. Well, I'm looking back at the last time this two schools played, which was 2015, September 12th, which was almost um, to the same day four years ago. The Hokies won 42-3, to three, and I'm thinking somewhere along that line. I think Furman gets a little more than three points, though. I think it's – I think Hokies um, 45, Furman 10. I'm, I think the defense is going to be a little bit better than that. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. but. Um, 
I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more of, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 56 for the Hokies and maybe let's, let's say 12 for the, you know, a couple of, I'm, I'm going to give them a couple of field goals. So maybe, maybe uh, 10 points. Tops. You're really, you're really bullish on the Hokies' offense this weekend. So, and I, 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 can, I got a feeling he's. I just got a. These are the games. These are the games he needs to put the his foot on the gas pedal, yeah. and not take it off. That's right. I mean, I want to see. I want to see a half of Willis being getting some air. Hooker, if not most of the second half of the game, I would like to see Patterson. I'm a Quincy Patterson non-booster, but I'd like to see Patterson out there on the field because I think it'd be good just to get knocked out. You know, I, I want to see, get, I want to see Hooker out there throwing the football. Is what I want to see. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Patterson be quarterback. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Hendon getting stuck at halfback. Yeah, what I I wouldn't mind seeing Hooker start, play two quarters, let Quincy play two quarters. Willis doesn't need this game. Go ahead and let the two young guys play. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't disagree with you on that one. That that probably and, and after the shot that Willis took to the head, and I don't care what people are not saying or not seeing on that fumble play, I was on the field, I saw it and I heard it. And I'm deaf in my almost deaf in my left ear. And I heard it and felt it. He got hit in the back of the he got hit in the uh, at the top of the head and it, as he was falling kind of cockeyed. He got hit hard in the head, and now people are starting to realize that should have been called a targeting penalty. And all the referees were looking at was they were looking at the fumble and where his shoulders were positioned. Nobody bothered to check the fact that he got clocked, and and it should have been a targeting penalty. And at that particular point in time, it also would have killed the play. By the way, right, the play. Looking back at Furman's first two games, they've scored. They're averaging, believe it or not, they're averaging 47 points a game, but their two opponents are Charleston Southern and Georgia State. So don't think we're going to reach that 47 points this weekend. No, but that's why I'm giving them credit for points. I think they're going to get a couple. They'll, they'll probably get a couple of things and you know, and maybe, maybe even pick up some stuff at garbage time. I don't know. Maybe they'll push us in the first half. Well, we really have to see how it's all going to play out. But this one's going to be a fun one. This one's going to be one that where the pressure's off. But the, but what Tech is going to have to do is create a little pressure for themselves by livening up the scenarios and by going out and, and pushing themselves hard. And that means going down the depth chart and putting some some guys in that really can use the snaps and really can use the the, the experience. I hope the, um, the the big thing I hope this weekend uh, when there's no way of really knowing it was I hope they got that ODU monkey off their back because I know last year that that just ended the season. Now they they beat them last weekend. They they were they became a point in the second half where you started to think, oh no, I don't think the game was ever any doubt or anything. But there was probably some. Some guys thinking, oh, no. Well, they held on. They won by two touchdowns. Let's hope that Monkey's off their back and they start playing better as the uh, season wears on. That's true. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, we're hoping that everybody uh, gets something on TV somewhere. It's supposed to be uh, – I know that, that it might be ESPN online, you know, ESPN Go or whatever. 
I, I think this one, um, I, I will be sending out where I think things are going to be or where, where they're going to be televised. We might see it locally here in the New River Valley or Roanoke Valley, you know, from from one of the t local TV stations. So we're going to we're gonna have to play that one by ear. I'll get that information out when, when it all gets clarified. But um, as always, go Hokies. <laughs>